Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This time on Vet Story. Dancing the Pasadoba with his partner Lindsay, it's Sean Spicer. I celebrated last week my 20th anniversary in the Navy. My great-grandfather, William, served in the Navy aboard the USS Marblehead with a Medal of Honor, Medal of Honor recipient. What's harder to prepare for, a White House press briefing or an episode of Dancing with the Stars? You know, I've done a lot of campaigns and worked for political parties and organizations, but it's still an us versus them in some way. And the Yellow Ribbon Fund makes sure that that's all covered so that the person can focus on the service member getting the care uh, that they need and not worrying about whether or not they can pay the hotel bill or the rental car bill. And then the Independence Fund, sometimes you just want to take a walk down the hall or out back. Um, and, and these chairs provide that level of independence that they had back before their injury. And so it's really cool being able to use this experience that I'm having on the show to support organizations and causes that really take care of the people who really deserve it. There you go, Sean and Lindsay. All right, our next guest has a mean mambo, a possibly perfect pasa doble, but we knew him as the White House spokesperson, Sean Spicer. How are you, sir? I'm well, thanks for having me. Really good, man. I remember when I saw you in the hallways here and I was like, you know what? That's a veteran I need to talk to because (laughs) not only are you a man that the whole world knows and have certainly had one of the most difficult jobs in America, but you are a Navy veteran. Tell me real quick about uh, your service. Well, um, I grew up in Rhode Island, which is, uh, you know, we, we didn't have the, we don't have the presence we used to, but I still, it still has that naval history. My great grandfather, William, served in the Navy aboard the USS Marblehead, was a Medal of Honor recipient. And so it had always been something in the, uh, the family DNA, if you will. And uh, to be honest, it never, I'd always, I tried to figure out how to make it work uh, from high school going forward. And it just, it, it never kind of worked with the schedule, meaning that I always had to make so much money for different things for the family in the summer. And um, the timing never worked out in terms of how many weeks they required and, and what the commitment was. And when I was 29 years old, uh, or just before I was 29, I, I, a buddy of mine who knew my interest in this started making me aware of these programs that the Navy was doing. And, uh, and I, I got my commission at 29 years old. I celebrated last week my 20th anniversary in the Navy. And I'm um, public affairs officer. It's been a blast. I've, I've gotten to do things and see things and, uh, and more importantly, meet people that have really made, uh, made my life a better, better place because uh, of the people that I've met through, not just the Navy, but the other services as well as I've continued to do all these joint tours. Wonderful. And it's something I always shared with you and felt kind of a kindred spirit because I, too, my formidable training in the U.S. Navy was mass communications. I was a journalist. And, of course, we serve hand in hand with public affairs officers like yourself. And it was just really cool because I know when I got out, you know, a lot of the guys that serve uh, have tremendous leadership abilities and have all these skills, but they don't always directly transfer. And ours did. And I'll never be. I mean, I could never thank them enough for giving me some good journalism chops and giving me 
the guts it takes to be a broadcaster because, you know, I learned it all, you know, by standing and getting yelled at uh, by senior enlisted and officers in the world's finest Navy. So that was awesome, man. It's one of those things that until you do it, you don't appreciate the value that it adds to your life. Um, and, the, and you, you know, you put it well that this bond that that's unbreakable between people who have served together or, you know, not necessarily in the same unit, but just even in the same service that there's this, you know, hey, you were in, I was in. Um, and it's something that I, when I went to college, we didn't have fraternities at my school and this sense of belonging to something bigger than yourself. And, and, you know, I've done a lot of campaigns and worked for political parties and organizations, but that's great. It's sort of, you know, that's, it's still an us versus them in some way. And when you're serving in the Navy or, or the Marine Corps, the Army, the Air Force, Coast Guard, you have this sense of being and serving something so much greater than yourself, but it's, um, it, it adds a lot of value to your life in a way that I don't think I fully appreciated at the time. And I think maybe you've maybe brought some other people into the fold too. I was wondering when I saw, what is it, RNC's Rice Priebus get commissioned yeah. as an ensign. I was wondering, you guys are friends, right? Were you behind that decision? Were you the one that's saying, hey, bud, you want to put those uh, you know, incredible skills to work from the private sector? Why don't you join the Navy? No, actually, Rice's sister was a, uh, a Navy physician. He's got some other, you know, uh, family history. And, and actually, when I joined the RNC uh, back in 2011, I had just come off a, a mob from active duty. And uh, Ryan was always talking about, you know, how did you get involved? What's your experience like? Because his sister was an active duty doctor. And, you know, he had said, what was what's the what are the reserves like? You know, do you think I can do it? So he's been talking about this for a long time. And, um, and I, I think same kind of thing in a different way that it, the timing wasn't didn't work out well. It's hard to be serving as the RNC chairman and then say, hey, I'm going to go, you know, Try to get my commission as an ensign, and and so you know he, he it's something that he has talked about for a long time, and I think finally he said you know the timing was right in his life wanted to fulfill a desire to serve. Right on. I thought it was really cool, and and I thought it also kind of illuminated the fact that little people or that few people know, but there are certain career professionals out there. Uh, you'd mentioned it, you know, doctors and dentists and things like that. There are professionals that they'll take on as a commissioned officer later in life. So it's not necessarily that you have to come up through the ranks as you know a. 18-year-old or a 22-year-old in college, and then you go through your ROTC and you become, you know, an officer that way. Sometimes they do just straight commission people that are really gifted in their skill set and bring them aboard so that the military can, you know, utilize that skill. So, yeah, uh, this is something I've always wondered about. Obviously, we see you each week now, pasadobling, mumboing, doing some incredible dance moves and uh, uh, tip of the cap to you because I wouldn't have the guts to get on national TV and do that. But what I was wondering first and foremost is because where I used to see you, obviously speaking behind the podium there for the White House, White House chief spokesperson, that seemed to be a dance in and of itself. I guess if you had to compare the two, what is harder getting up in front of that podium and having to like go through the bullet points to the media for whatever the story is that day that sometimes is really challenging to get the message across or preparing to get out and actually do something that your body is not, you know, you're not a professional dancer. This isn't part of your career background. What's more difficult to prepare for? Yeah, I mean, hands down, I actually think this is the the, the, the TV show is, is more difficult. And I say that because to your point, like, you can, you know, when you're up there answering the media's questions, you can defer them, you know, hey, that, that's a bad question for the State Department, uh, Department of Defense, or I need to get back to you on that. I don't have any information. I mean, you can kind of, for lack of a better word, punt and, and say, you know, if you don't know something at the time. When you're being told you got to go out there and dance for a minute and 51 seconds, you can't just sort of hide in the corner. 
Um, and especially in my case where I'm not, this does not come natural to me by any means. You can't, <laughs> you, you're out there and, and you either are hitting the step or you're not. And, um, and, and so you're, you're really out there and exposed physically, right? So you, you're not hiding behind a podium and saying, Hey, I'll get back to you on that. And kind of deflecting the question and moving on. You, you either move or you don't. <laughs> and that's a very different proposition. Yeah. And you are exposed for sure. Um, I'll cite that, uh, first thing we saw you in late September uh, when you opened the show with uh, your dance partner there, Lindsay Arnold, and you were sporting that incredibly cool neon ruffled yeah. shirt. I haven't seen ruffles like that since I uh, was an episode of uh, Seinfeld and, you know, Jerry's right. famous line, I don't want to be a pirate. Uh, but man, you rocked that thing. Have there ever been moments when they're like, okay, here's your outfit for the show for the, you know, your dance week. Have you ever looked at it and been like, I don't, I, I don't know. Is that going to fit? Uh, well, the first one, so, you know, it was interesting. We were, we were practicing in, um, in Virginia and then we flew out and Lindsay had kind of described basically and conceptually, I was like, okay. And, you know, she had said to me, look, you know, you said you wanted to own this. You want to have some fun. You want to go for it. And I was like, okay. And then, you know, you arrive Friday and, and, um, and you have your first fitting and the show's Monday and, and they're like, okay, this is it. And you're like, okay, wow. Um, and, you know, I, I think mentally that was, there was a lot of like, Hey, look, why not just rip off the bandaid, jump in deep and have some fun. And I thought, okay, you know, if you're going to do it, jump in the deep end and, and really show that you have some fun and enjoy it. And, and, and I don't, I, you know, the thing that was cool about it is it obviously got a ton of attention. And, um, and so we ended up auctioning off that shirt for two causes that, uh, that I, are, are near to my heart. One, um, the yellow ribbon fund, which takes care of the caregivers of our wounded service members. Uh, and, and you know, this It's really interesting. What I don't think a lot of people fully grasp is that I, I got a buddy of mine who's on his 129th surgery. So it's one thing for the VA, the military to take care of that person, right? They get them up to Walter Reed or wherever to get their, their, their care, but their caregiver, whether it's their spouse, their girlfriend, their boyfriend, their mother, their father, or their friend, they're not covered. So when they go up there for that surgery or that appointment and they're staying in a hotel or they need a rental car or whatever, that's all out of pocket. And the Yellow Ribbon Fund makes sure that that's all covered so that the person can focus on the service member getting the care uh, that they need and not worrying about whether or not they can pay the hotel bill or the rental car bill or, you know, whatever. And, and it, you think about it, if you've had 10 or 15 surgeries, and, and my guess is that, you know, in the, in the greater Bethesda area where Walter Reed is, hotels aren't exactly dirt cheap. Oh, no. So if you can imagine, you know, by the time you, you fly in with your, with your loved one, and you're taking care of them and you're staying in a hotel and all this. I mean, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if you're looking at a thousand dollars a pop. So over the course of 10, 15 surgeries, you know, that that's big, big money. So the yellow ribbon fund takes care of that. And then the independence fund, the other organization uh, provides track wheelchairs to um, service members that have lost a leg or two or have a mobility issue and gives them that the, these big track wheelchairs so they can go hiking or, or hunting or, you know, on the beach, wherever they need to go, it gives them that plate, you know, to be able to get there, that a wheelchair, generally doesn't do. So we, we wrapped, we auctioned off the shirt. It got us 2,800 bucks. And then on our website, spicerarnold.com, Lindsay Arnold is my partner. We kind of made this campaign and yeah. we're selling campaign gear, t-shirts and hats and everything. All the proceeds from that go to, to both of those organizations as well. So we've tried to make this experience bigger than ourselves. It's such a good move. And I've actually spoke with Sarah at the independence fund before she's been a guest on the show 
and those track wheelchairs are no joke. They're so cool. They yeah, have like yeah. they they've got like tank tread on them almost. And I saw one guy out there hunting in it. I mean, literally, he had it. You know, it, it, it's a- funny. They, so it, it, you're right. I mean, they 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 get these guys to places that that they want to, they, they, they're sort of their happy place. So sometimes it's like, Hey, I want to be able to go hunting or fishing and you can't roll a wheelchair through wooded areas or whatever. And these things are, these wheelchairs are like tanks. They cost 16 grand a pop and we give them a trailer and everything so that they can get it there. It was funny though. Two of the best stories that I heard this summer, we were out giving, you know, doing presentation. These one guy said he's from Maine and he said, I just want to be able to plow my driveway in the winter. And they can literally hook up a plow to the front of this wheelchair. And I thought to myself, it is interesting that this guy wants to do a task that I detest, but it was, <laughs> it, 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 but think about it for yeah, a second. Yeah. That this is, they, this is something that, that we take for granted. And here is somebody Amen. who served the nation. They've, they've sacrificed and they want to be able to do this basic task for themselves instead of having someone do it for them. And then another guy looked at me and um, it was interesting because of his, mobility issues, his wife basically has to kind of push him around. And he looked and he said, I just want to be able to take a walk for myself. And he wanted to be able to get in the wheelchair and, and, and be able to just, you know, he has a, a bunch of acres in his, his backyard. And he wanted to be able to, you know, go for a walk instead of having to have his wife push him everywhere he goes, which, you know, it, it's, and we all know what it's like. Sometimes you just want to take a walk down the hall or out back. Yeah. But if you have the mobility issues that some of these folks have and you live out in a wooded area or wherever, just to be able to say, gosh, I just want two seconds to myself. Um, and, and these chairs provide that level of independence that they had back before their injury. And so it's really cool being able to use this experience that I'm having on the show to support organizations and causes that really take care of the people who really deserve it. And it's so nice to see that side of you, too, because, like, I mean, of course, when you're in the political arena or you're working for the government, you know, you, you can't always do these things as part of your job. And this is a whole different side of you. This is something that I was really, really pleased to see. And it's just so nice. I follow you on Twitter now. And uh, whether it's the Yellow Ribbon or whether it's the Independence Fund, heck, I, I even saw one of your tweets not too long ago with a cake being smashed in your face for some reason. Tell me about that. Oh, yeah. So there's a young woman um, named Addie that lives down the street in our neighborhood who's just uh, has this unbelievable story of overcoming cancer. She was part of the Make-A-Wish Foundation. It's actually really cool. If you search Addie, A-D-Y, and and Katy Perry's roar, she did this video that Katy Perry apparently gave her the rights to to do it. And it's absolutely amazing. This young woman is extremely, extremely um, passionate about now helping other kids. And, And there's this cause it's kind of like the um ice bucket challenge oh yeah where you, you get a you get a cake or whatever smashes in your face and you challenge other people to do it and you make a donation to these causes that help fight childhood cancer and it was the least i could do to support such an amazingly strong child um who's not only overcome cancer and fought it but now wants to help other children and and so she asked me to do it i i did it challenged some other folks to do it you know you're going is that, that you, you want me just to put a cake in my face after what you've gone through, like, okay, that's the least that I can do. It's nice to see that because we all get so, I think, stuck in our lane sometimes, especially when it comes to politics, you know, uh, proud Republican, proud Democrat, whatever you are. We tend to just be stuck and, 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 and we stay in that lane and we forget that the human experience is 360 degrees. It's, it's greater it's greater than our politics, and you've really demonstrated that. And I love watching you on Dancing with the Stars, love knowing that so much of what you're doing is to raise money for these causes. Again, the Independence Fund and the Yellow Ribbon Fund. 
Um, just just tip of the cap to you, Captain Spicer. I just can't say enough good things, man. That's that's cool. Uh, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on the show. Um, the last question real quick. I, do you know Gronk and Scott Bayo? I've seen you tag them on a couple things. Do you know Rob Gronkowski? Are you guys friends? Uh, I do know Rob. He... Um he came in to uh, a White House briefing uh, when uh, when I was hosting one during the Patriots visit to the White House, and, and we've stayed in touch. I, by no means, I, I'm a fan more than anything else. We've met a few times. Right, and, right. Uh, he's been he's been great. Uh, and then Scott actually was a guest of mine at the show uh, Monday night. He and his wife and, and daughter. So yeah, they they, they, and they and Scott's been unbelievably supportive. All right. So right about here, I want to click pause on the podcast. And I know what you're thinking. Did you ask him about SNL? Did you ask him what he thought of those parody skits with Melissa McCarthy? Okay, so if nobody has any questions. Okay, we'll do a couple questions. Go. Glenn Thrush, New York Times. Boo! Go ahead. Yeah, I wanted to ask about the travel ban on Muslims. Yeah, it's not a ban. I'm sorry? It's not a ban. The travel ban is not a ban, which makes it not a ban. But you just called it a ban. Because I'm using your words. <laughs> I mean, yeah, as far as comedy goes, I mean, they were pretty damn funny. But did it piss him off? Does he hold a grudge? Does he secretly hate Melissa McCarthy? All right, well, maybe his answer didn't go that deep, but he definitely talked about it. I've always been curious. Did you ever talk to Melissa McCarthy? Did they ever say hi to you kind of outside of the fold of the comedy sketch and say, we're going to do this and we're not trying to be a or is it a little darker than that? No, no, no. I mean, I look, I, it's no, the answer is no, no one calls you and says they're going to do that. And I I think, you know, it's just, uh, it's just the nature of the business. I mean, I think you're in that case, you're playing a role and you go do it. And, 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 um, and, and I think frankly, like I, I, I just assume that that's how it works. I mean, in the sense that you're, you're an actor, you're playing a role, you go do it, or you're, you're a comedian. So once in a while, if you bump into somebody at another event, I've talked to a couple of the, you know, the late night hosts at different events that I've been at. And, you know, a lot of times they're like, Oh, hey, thanks for being a good sport about this. But that, that's, it's all, and it's, it's usually well after anything airs. Okay. Well, I appreciate you. Sean Spicer, you're doing a lot of great things out there, man. Dancing with the Stars, you and Lindsay Arnold air on Monday nights. And uh, what's your next dance? What do you got coming up? What are we going to see you in? We're doing a quick step. It's this Monday night. Uh, it's it's This is going to be, man, it's like a cardio workout like you can't believe. <laughs> but uh, but look, I will tell you this. It's The only reason we're honest because, you know, stay honest because people are out there supporting us. And you, you, if you go to SpicerArnold.com, you can actually sign up. We'll give you updates. But basically, just for everyone who doesn't know, you can vote 20 times, but it's only while the show is live. Uh, which is 8 to 10 Eastern. So, I mean, that means if you live in the West Coast, you can't actually watch it and vote, but you have to. You can vote between 5 and 7 p.m., and your vote still counts. But if you're on, in, in the, you know, it's, it's, you have to vote while the show is airing on the East Coast. You can vote 10 times by texting Sean, S-E-A-N, to 21523, and then you can vote 10 more times on abc.com. So a total of 20. But, that's, you know, you know we're, we're staying on this because people are out there voting for us to stay on. Um, and so, you know, our, our judges' scores are not exactly at the high end of that scale. So to the extent that people want us to see us going, I appreciate everybody who's going out there and voting and hope to continue to, to be on the show. 
Very cool. And I love the tip. Okay, Mountain Time Pacific people, you go to vote a little earlier. It only counts between 8 and 10 Eastern Time. Again, Sean Spicer, Lindsay Arnold dancing their hearts out. You've done tap dances behind the White House podium, but it is really enjoyable to watch you work on Dancing with the Stars, and it's for such great causes. Keep up the good work supporting the Independence Fund and the Yellow Ribbon Fund. Sean Spicer, can't thank you enough, sir. Thank you very much. Take care.